Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. I'm just so thankful to share with you about the journey of your soul, and I'll invite you into some of the journey of my soul as we go along here. And I want to tell you a story that illustrates where we're going here. So some years ago, I was with my son. He was in the Boy Scouts at the time, and we went uh, Kern River uh, rafting. Anybody been uh, whitewater rafting? Been on a raft in the, in the whitewaters? Yeah, Kern River is like famous for that. And this was in the springtime, so the, the water was flowing and there was a lot of whitewaters. And we're going down the highway there, and there's a sign on the highway along the Kern River. 269 people have died in the Kern River. And thought, well, welcome to the Kern River. <laughs> welcome to whitewater rafting. As I'm looking over here at my 11-year-old son, and I'm thinking, I'm glad that his mom's not looking at that sign right now. Uh, and so we, we get there with the, the, the whole group that's there, and they're giving instructions, and we're getting our life preservers on and everything. And then the, the uh, leader, the, the guide says, okay, listen up, especially now if you want to be in the front of the raft. I don't normally listen to instructions real good, but when he said that, I listened because I wanted to be at the front of the raft. That's where the action is, right there in the front, water's crashing in, the white waters and all that. I wanted to be at the front. So he says, if you're in the front of the raft, and I yell, high water, hard, that means you got to lean forward and paddle hard, because if you don't, the whole raft is going to flip back, and everybody's going to fly into the water and be hitting on rocks and going to get hurt. So you got to listen close. When I yell, high water, hard, lean forward, because everything in you is going to want to lean back, because the waters are splashing on you. We're going down maybe a five-foot waterfall, and you're, all your energy wants to lean back. you got to lean forward, and you got to paddle hard, or everybody's going in the water. You got it? You got it? I'm like, I got it. So I'm in the front. We're going along. It's nice, calm. It's copacetic. It's beautiful. And little by little, more white water, little by little action. And now, now we're starting to get some real splashes. And we're he's, he's maneuvering the raft around rocks and everything and all that. And then all of a sudden, here it comes. I was waiting for it. High water, home. So I lean forward. And I'm, I'm just paddling and paddling. And I'm going, ah, the water's splashing in. And we go down a five-foot waterfall. Whoa! I mean, it was just like awesome. Then all of a sudden... The guide yells, rescue, to the people behind. There's a boat behind us, a raft behind us, and a guide there, he sticks out his paddle. One of the women fell out because she hadn't gotten a good hand. It's really hard to get a handhold and a foothold in those rafts, at least the way they used to be. But fortunately, he was able to pull her into the boat. But she did get cut up. She got her hand cut up and had to get some stitches because it's serious stuff. That's why you travel with guides, and that's why you got instructions. Well, the scriptures are full of this high water hard. Have you noticed that? Trials, troubles, right? In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus said. I've overcome the world. Rejoice in your trials. Endure through suffering. I mean, again and again in the scriptures, we're told, look, bad things happen to good people. You're going to have challenging times. 
I mean, again, again, in the Psalms, we read, you know, my God, my God, why is your face hidden from me? And there's all these different injustices and, and, and troubles and evils that people go through, and they have emotions and difficulties and sins to confess. I mean, the Bible is so honest. The Bible is written, of course, by the Holy Spirit, inspired, authored, but through human writers who are broken, who have challenges and troubles in their life. And so the Lord is teaching us, when you come into trials, lean in. Because everything in us, when we get splashed with problems and pain, of course, naturally, we, we want to pull back. We want to lean back. We, we don't want to go through that. We don't want to feel that. We want to just get busy. We want to just stay in our head. We want to focus on other people. We don't want to have the pain. We don't want to have the stress. We don't want to have the problems. But what happens is, if we don't get honest about what we're experiencing, then actually our problems get worse, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a psychologist. I spend a lot of time with people. I no longer function in that role because I, I lead the ministry of soul shepherding, and I'm in a space of spiritual direction and teaching and training. It's so, so much of what I see in life and in discipleship to Jesus, in our relationships, is this need to lean in when, it, when it's tough, when it's stressful, when there's hurt, and to be emotionally honest about that. So if you're in one of the Watermark small groups and you're reading through Journey of the Soul, our, our book that this series is based on, we have a quote on page 148. We don't integrate our spiritual and emotional growth. We get stuck at the wall and stop growing. Everybody hits a wall in their journey probably more than once. We're going to talk more about that. Last week, Bucky shared about the wall. This week is about the inner journey, but it overlaps with the wall. So let me tell you a story from Mark chapter 5. You may know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. A large crowd was following and pressing behind Jesus. He was on his way to uh, Jairus' house to heal his servant. And a woman was there, we read, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she only grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and just reached out and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched my clothes? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This is the touch that heals 
the hurting, that heals the broken, sickness, emotional distress, broken relationships, that touch Jesus. This is what we need in our life, is that point of connection, that, that faith, that trust, that relationship, that growing closeness of dependence on God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'll show you a diagram from our book that illustrates this. We call this growth in Christ. And we're looking at spiritual growth and emotional growth. And these are really two ways of talking about the same thing because the point is that they go together. Let's say that you want to grow spiritually, and we do that. We go to church, we read the Bible, we study the Bible, we memorize scriptures, we, we do lots of Christian activities, maybe some spiritual disciplines, we try to help people, and so we're trying to grow spiritually. But if we're not emotionally honest, we're going to get stuck at a wall. Spiritual growth that is only like activity-based and belief-based, uh, doctrine-based, we're going to get stuck. We're going to hit a wall and not be able to get through that. Or let's say you're trying to grow emotionally. Maybe you're in a 12-step group or a support group, or maybe you're in therapy and you're really learning how to be more conscious of, of beauty and with goodness and you're relationally healthy and, and this kind of a thing, but you haven't gone deep with trusting Jesus you don't know that you're forgiven of your sins. You haven't received that. You haven't learned how to be forgiving of other people. And you're, you're growing emotionally. You're growing relationally. You're, you're maybe psychologically healthy in some ways, but you're not trusting in Jesus. You're not integrated with, with a church community. You're going to get stuck at a wall. But if you put these two together, if you put the longing for God that goes with spiritual growth and the emotional honesty that goes with emotional growth, you put those together, now you're on that dashed line, which we call growth in Christ. Growth in the Christ stages. Christ is an acronym in our book, Journey of the Soul, for six stages of faith. These are stages of emotional and spiritual growth. You're going through these stages here in this sermon series. We're at the midpoint. Last week, Pastor Bucky talked with you about getting through the wall. He said that he's had six walls in his own life, different points of being stuck and with challenges uh, emotionally, relationally, uh, in, in our relationship with God. The key to a wall, to understanding a wall experience is not every trial is a wall. At every one of these stages, we have a roadblock, a, a, a trial that we unpack in the book. And it only becomes a wall when we get to the place where we feel stuck in our relationship with God. So it might be a, a burnout, it might be um, a personal crisis, a health crisis, a financial crisis, it might be compassion fatigue, it might be spiritual dryness. But when we go through one of these wall seasons and we're praying and we're seeking God and we're not receiving the answers that we're hoping for, and we're not sensing God's presence, and we're disoriented about what God is doing, that's when you know you're at the wall. And I think every Christian hits the wall probably more than once in their life. If you haven't hit it, like by around age 40, you're, you're probably going to, because life is hard. There's lots of stresses and challenges that we have, and the, the life of discipleship has particular stresses as well. So let me just review these real quickly. This is what you're going through in Journey of the Soul. 
The C stage in the Christ acronym is confidence in Christ. That's where we become a follower of Jesus. We're born from above. We know that we're forgiven of our sins. The H stage is help and discipleship. That's where we're digging into. In the C stage, the symbol is the church because it's through God's people that we come to Christ and we grow in Christ. The H stage symbol is a Bible because we're digging into God's word and we're applying it to our life. That's what you do here at Watermark. In your small groups, you do Bible study and, and in other sermon studies, you're opening up the scriptures and you're, you're praying, you're sharing with each other. How does this work in my life? And you're, you're working together on that. The R stage, the symbol is a, is a ribbon or a medal. It's responsibilities in ministry because now we're all on Team Jesus and we're serving God together. We're using our spiritual gifts. This is your serve piece in the church. You could go right through your, your three stages here with receive, and um, what's your second stage? Receive something, serve. Join. Receive, receive join, serve. The Bible is, the, is like the join. Three basic stages that we all begin with in the Christian life and cycle through this. And these are important all, all our lives long. But if all you know is Christian activity and believe and do what's right, and at some point along the way we get tired from serving God if we're not taking the inner journey. So many Christians, they, they don't know how to get through the wall. When they hit the wall, they don't have this map. They don't understand. And so what we tend to do with these times of distress or stuckness is revert back to a more a familiar stage and try to find what we felt before. But as we go along in the Lord, God wants to do something new in us. And so it doesn't always work very well. And so we can get stuck at that wall. Now, we might hit the wall at any point in the journey. As I said, every stage is a roadblock where we might get stuck, and, and that's where it becomes the wall. But the most common place is after some years in the R stage of responsibilities and ministry, serving God, not only in the church, but the community and home, we start to get tired, we might hit a burnout, or we have one of these faith crises, and then what are we going to do now? Well, the wall is the sole pivot to the inner journey. The wall is actually a grace. It's lean into those white waters. Lean into the trials. And and so the inner journey symbol is a shovel. Today is all about the inner journey stage. We're going to be talking about that. And we're digging in deeper into our emotions, into our stress, into our sin, into our brokenness. And we're seeking empathy and grace, compassion from one another, and, and especially, of course, from the Lord. And we're learning how to grow in a renewed and deeper intimacy with God, loving God, trusting God, worshiping God. Inner journey season can lead us into a spirit-led ministry season, the S stage. The symbol here is a sailboat because in, res- in responsibilities of ministry, we work hard for God, which is a good thing. But in the S stage, we learn something new that helps us. And in a sense, it's even better. We learn how to rely on God's power. So just like a sailboat catches the wind of the Spirit, in the S stage we learn how to rely on God's presence with us. So now we do our work for God, but we also do our work with God, in God's presence, by God's power, God's love with us as we work, as we minister, as we serve, as we love each other. And then the T stage of transforming union is wedding rings because we're growing in this union, this intimacy with God all along these stages, but in a culminating way in the T stage. Now, notice that the arrow goes back to the C stage because this is not a linear model. This is not like a measurement. It's not like you're better 
if you're in a later stage than if you're in an earlier stage. That's not how it works. The way our spiritual life is measured, Jesus taught us, is the greatest commandment. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, and our neighbor as ourself. All these functions of a human being, we love God and we love our neighbor. And that's what, what gets measured, sharing God's love with others. And we can do that well at any stage. So you're not better or worse depending on what stage you are. Each stage is to be celebrated and we go back and forth. This is a spiral. We're probably in more than one place at a time. But you probably have a home stage at any given time and from that home stage you can always move to an earlier stage when needed to love somebody or in your service for God. So these are the Christ stages that you're talking about in the journey of the soul. Let's go in deeper on the I stage. And let me just, again, reference and anchor this, that the, the I stage overlaps with the wall. So last week, Pastor Bucky talked about going through six wall experiences. I've had at least three major wall experiences. First time I hit a wall, I was in college, and it was, I was working a summer job, and I had a lot of difficulty. I was persecuted for being a Christian. I was mistreated. I got depressed. I got discouraged. And God felt so far from me. And I did not understand why God would allow me to suffer like this. It didn't make any sense to me. That was the first time I hit a wall. Second time, I was in my mid-30s, and it was a more traditional wall experience from burnout. I was overworking as a counselor and as a pastor, and I was tired, and I, and I wasn't experiencing God's presence in the same way as I had before, and I was very disoriented and disjointed. I was still faithful in, in serving God and in, in loving God as best I could, but on the inside, I was spiritually dry. On the inside, my heart wasn't as, as alive and awake and as joyful in serving God as I had been before. And that lasted some years. And now, I, at this point, I had more understanding of what was going on because I was a psychologist and I was also working in, in a pastoral role, but I was still not clear. I didn't have this map that we just showed you. And then, a few years ago, I hit the wall a third time and it was as God was growing our soul shepherding ministry, and it was a leadership lid. It was some real challenges on my leadership and in a growing organization and having difficulties with that and feeling inadequate and not always being in my best gift as a leader as compared to be doing the ministry and doing the teaching and meeting with people. And so I was struggling and I was wrestling and I, and I, I hit a wall where I got disoriented and I was feeling bad and I wasn't sensing that God was doing what I wanted him to do. And then I realized, oh, Journey of the Soul. I hadn't written the book yet, but I was teaching this material. I know where I am. I'm at the wall. Oh, I know what that means. I need to do more inner journey work. That's what we teach. You know, you know how I responded? I don't need to do any more inner journey work. I've been through the inner journey before. I've gone to therapy. I'm a therapist. I understand emotional health and intimacy with God. I don't need to do any more inner journey work. And then the Holy Spirit convicted me. It's like a little pride there, a little uh, securing myself, a little ego. And it's like, oh, I need to trust the model. It's worked in the past. It'll work again. If I will accept and I'm at the wall and I need to do some more inner journey work and pay attention to what I'm feeling, process that with safe people and in my prayers, God will meet me. And in time... I can have a renewed experience of intimacy with God and then a, 
another cycle into spirit-led ministry, the S stage, putting on my sail and catching the wind of the Spirit, and maybe even experience a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit on my ministry. So I trusted the model. The third time I hit the wall was the only time that I had this map. And the reason why we created this map, maybe I should just go back to that so you can look at it again. Uh, The reason why we created this map is because it's pretty easy to memorize this. C-H-R-I-S-T, it's an acronym. C is confidence in Christ. H is help and discipleship. R is responsibilities and ministry. Hitting the wall there or somewhere else. I is inner journey. S is spirit-led ministry. T is transforming union. If you, were, if you saw the vision of how this would help you, you could memorize that. Now you hold that with you. And you just as you're going through your life, you observe your life. And you can see which stage you're in. And if you have friends and you're talking to them, you're listening to them, if you disciple other people, if you lead a small group, Certainly, if you're like a a counselor, spiritual director, any kind of a helper, it is so helpful to have this model here in your head. As you're listening to somebody, you can understand where they are and guide them. In soul shepherding, we train spiritual directors, pastors, missionaries, church leaders, people like you, anybody here. You might be drawn to become a spiritual director who is like a counselor, except the focus is people's relationship with God. Spiritual direction is like soulful discipling. We have 125 students in our school of spiritual direction right now, earning a certificate from us. And what spiritual directors do is they know things like these Christ stages. And so they come alongside people and listen with empathy and grace and guide them in their journey to meet them where they are and help them find language for their stage of faith and what they're feeling and what's going on in their spiritual life and then to gently guide them prayerfully. You might need to talk to a spiritual director. In fact, if you're at the wall, the most important spiritual discipline for you, in my opinion, is talking to a spiritual director. Someone who understands the lay of the land and will listen to you with empathy and with grace. Or talking with a pastor, talking with a soul friend who who has some spiritual wisdom to be with you and to nurture you. So let's let's dig into the I stage and uh, the key features of the I stage because this is the, the, the soul pivot. When you hit the wall, it's actually a grace. It doesn't feel like it to be stuck. Some of us this morning are at a wall and it's not a fun place to be. Nobody likes to feel a sense of distance from God or spiritual stuckness or dryness or Maybe your prayers aren't being answered, but we all go through these times. So here's what to do. So first, we want to understand the I stage. The theme here is we're learning to feel our emotions and our desire for God. The roadblock, every stage in the journey of the soul, there's a roadblock. The roadblock is denying our emotions. We deny our emotions. We deny our needs. We deny our sins. We don't get through the I stage. We're not, we're not healthy in the I stage. We're going to stay stuck at that wall. So being emotionally honest is really important at every stage, but at the I stage, it's, it's the, the essential aspect. The grace, every stage has a grace. The grace is a deeper experience of God's love. That's the great blessing of a renewed intimacy with God. So let's get real practical What are some spiritual disciplines 
some practices for soul care that we can do for the inner journey. So this is a take heart for God stage. Psalm 27, take heart. I, I will see the goodness. Of, I'm, I'm confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living again. Take heart. Be strong and take heart and wait on the Lord. Psalm 31, we're told to take heart. Jesus says, that I referenced earlier, he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. What does it mean to take heart? You've got to get the heart. You've got to take it. Heart, will, spirit, devotion. To be loving God with our heart. It's not just like automatically inside of me. I need to be around other people who have heart for God. I need to, the writers of Scripture, other writers. I need to absorb devotion for God from somebody. It's like take courage. In battle, in challenges, in difficulty, in scary situations, we don't always just have the courage that we need. We need to take that courage. Heart for God is like that. You need to take heart. Absorb devotion. This is what we're doing at the I stage, and it's through our emotional honesty. We want to become like the Apostle John. You ever notice five times in John's Gospel, John says, the disciple that Jesus loved, anonymously referring to himself. John would introduce himself, perhaps. I am the disciple Jesus loves. Wouldn't that be awesome? You ever thought about saying that when somebody, who are you? I'm the disciple Jesus loves. I mean, instead of our identity being in our jobs and our net worth and how we look and our Instagram likes and whatever, what if our identity is in being a student of Jesus's? I belong to Jesus. I love Jesus. That's the, best, that's the best identity. And that's what we're going deeper in in the I stage. We're like John at the Last Supper. Do you remember what John did at the Last Supper with Jesus? Remember, is there at the table there? John laid his head on Jesus' chest. You just can hear Jesus' heartbeat. You ever thought about doing that spiritually? Just the intimacy be a friend of Jesus. This is I-stage spirituality. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with one another. Being emotionally honest and real and raw. Listening with empathy and grace to other people. Praying to a God who is emotionally present. You ever paid attention to Hebrews 4, 15 and 16? We don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Jesus, the writer's talking about. Let us then approach, the throne, approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Empathy from God. We all need empathy from God. We need empathy from Jesus, our high priest. We are called here at Watermark the body of Christ because we are Christ to each other, imperfectly as we are. That's what we're to be to the world of Costa Mesa and Orange County. That's what we're to be to each other. And that's what we need from each other. Paul says that we are Christ's ambassadors in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We represent Christ everywhere we go. And we also need someone to represent Christ to us, not only when we become a Christ follower, but all the life long. 
And so God's empathy comes to us not only through prayer and through Bible reading, of course, very important ways we connect with God, but also in our relationships with each other. That's why you have small groups and Bible studies here at Watermark. That's how you, you really join and get involved and become an authentic community. And that is, is I-stage spirituality. And that is growing in our intimacy with God. And so other spiritual disciplines you can see listed, praying the Psalms. All the emotions are in the Psalms. All the emotions are in Jesus. I did a Bible study on this, and there are 39 Greek words describing Jesus' emotions. In the New Testament, there are 39 different Greek words describing Jesus' uh, sadness, anxiety, fear, feelings of inadequacy, frustration, anger, grief, different feelings. The average person can only name three emotions, clearly. Jesus could name 39. There's a lot of different emotions that we have. In the inner journey, we're becoming more aware of that. So uh, soul friendship, mostly honest relationships like I've been talking about. Lexio Divina. Have you heard of Lexio Divina? It's just a Latin word that means divine reading. It's an ancient spiritual discipline for scripture meditation. We read the scripture slowly, a few different times. There's quiet. There's a focus question. We maybe do it in community. And it's a way to really deepen in the scripture and to hear God's voice. And so Lectio Divina is like a soul shepherding staple. We, we teach this discipline in our Soul Shepherding Institute retreats and in our spiritual direction training program. And really, soul shepherding is an inner journey ministry and a spirit-led ministry organization. We're really living in the I and the S stage. That's really where people are when they come to us most of the time. We're helping you to go deeper. So if you go to our Soul Shepherding book table just a few minutes after the service, all of those books and, and resources our inner journey resources, they're going to help you with your emotional honesty and with your intimacy with God and one another. They're going to help you when you feel spiritually stuck or dry, how to pray, how to talk to God, how to interact in a relationship. They're going to give you words for what's going on inside so you can work that through. Many different types of like quiet prayer, being quiet in God's presence, breath prayers from the Bible, another inner journey discipline. We're going to do one in just a minute as we close here. Reading the classics of devotion to Jesus, some of my favorite books. Uh, these are, it's another discipline that can, we can really take heart for God from another writer, especially an, an ancient writer whose books have survived the test of time and who was really intimate with God, really knew God in the deep things of God. So, before we close, let's, let's touch on Jesus' emotions. Let me just give you four examples of Jesus having some difficult, stressful, painful emotions. He felt rejected by his family and friends, we read in Mark chapter 6. He went through that. When Lazarus died, he cried with sadness. We read that in, in John chapter 11. Uh, Jesus wept, two words, it's a two-word Bible verse, Jesus wept. Maybe says the most of any Bible verse. Jesus was angry to protect the poor from religious abuse at the temple when he cleansed the temple in Matthew 21. Jesus was anxious when he prayed in the garden in Mark chapter 14. Just four examples of many examples of Jesus 
expressing inner journey spirituality as a human being. Jesus, the Son of God, from heaven, eternal, never sinned, and yet, as we read in Hebrews 4, as we just read, our high priest, he's human, perfectly human, fully God, fully a human being. He felt everything that we feel. He went through all of our pains, all of our stresses, all of our difficulties. Jesus has been where you are when you are hurting or stressed or you are struggling or feeling spiritually dry. Jesus has been there. And when you can remember the gospel stories, one of the great blessings of reading the gospels, and you can think about Jesus' life and you can think about how he felt what you feel, it can cultivate that intimacy with Jesus. Paul calls this the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. So Jesus mirrors our emotions. And so as, as we close, I want to just lead you in a prayer. And as the band comes up here, this slide is letting you know that we do spiritual direction and soul shepherding. We have spiritual directors that can help you. You need, you need to talk. You need to be listened to. You need to be prayed for. You need to be guided on your journey to the soul. Or maybe you want to train to become a spiritual director. We have a certificate program. This is the main thing that we do is we help people go deeper in the Lord and do that together. And so for our closing prayer, we're going to look at Psalm 63, verse 3. The psalm uh, is where David prays in this verse. He says, your love, O Lord, is better than life. God's love is better than anything else in life. And so did you know that you could pray a verse like this as a breath prayer? You ever breathed in and breathed out? We do it all the time, right? We breathe in, we breathe out. What if you did that as a prayer? What if breathing in could represent to you receiving God's love? Just, just, just try that. Breathe in as a way of thanking God for his love for you. As you see, you, your lungs are filling with air. You might smile because you can be grateful. that Through Jesus, you're forgiven and you're loved. Just breathing in. Thanking God for his love. And as we breathe out, releasing stress, releasing pressures, God's love is better than that problem I'm worrying about. So breathing in, your love, O Lord. Breathing out is better than that stress. Just fill in the blank there. God's love is better than success. Approval from people. That situation turning out the way I want it to. We're breathing in and we're releasing. Join, join me as we just pray this together. Breathing in your love, O oh Lord. Breathing out is better than Just name, identify to the Lord what is a, a challenge, a struggle, a stress in your life. Just name, in the quiet of your heart, name that to the Lord. Some temptation that you're dealing with. you're breathing in, we pray, your love, O oh Lord, breathing out is better than
just be quiet together. Do you pray that prayer in your rhythm and your way? Jesus gave his life on the cross so that we would know that God's love is better than anything else in this world. So we celebrate communion together as Watermark Church. And as the band is leading us in worship, you feel led, I invite you to go to the communion elements and receive the body of Christ that is broken for you for the forgiveness of your sins, for the healing of your life. And his blood that was shed, that was spilled for you. You could have new life from above. You are washed of sin, you are clean, you are forgiven. We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.